When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Happy end of 2020, Dan. We got through 2020, which I've been, you know, I don't think I've ever waited for the end of a year as much as I've waited for this one. (laughs) It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I can't believe it's almost over. It's this year has been both fast and slow. Like, do you remember the Australian wildfires? That was this year. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's so crazy. Yeah. It does. It You know, a lot of times as I get older, I think the years go faster. But you're right. This year just seems like it dragged on forever. When I think of things that I was doing at the beginning of 2020, feels like a couple of years ago as opposed to just less than a year ago. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And, and, you know, but on the flip side, 2020 has been awesome for Star Trek. I mean, you know, we can count our blessings there. We've had four... Star Trek series air during the year 2020, which blows my mind. Let's talk about that on today's show. Welcome everyone to Positively Trek, which started in 2020. So that's another big that's thing true, right yeah. there. That, that's the big Star Trek happening for the month of March, actually. <laughs> yes, that really is. And the original hosts that launched the show are still on the show. And that's me, Bruce Gibson, with Dan Gunther. And Dan, so, okay, summarize 2020. So, man, (laughs) summarize 2020. (laughs) Uh, How many many words do you want? Do you want a (laughs) 20,000-page essay? (laughs) Just your reaction right there says it all. Says it all right there. I really feel like we should be wearing masks during this episode just in honor of 2020. It's probably not a bad idea. <laughs> Can you imagine listening to a podcast of people wearing masks and it's a little muffled like that through the whole episode? Yeah, that would be a little uh, not that great uh, audio experience, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there'll be less popping in, with the peas. If That's true. Wore masks, yeah. right? Yeah, it'll, so. it'll help slow down the plosives. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you mentioned earlier four star trek series in 2020 so Mm -hmm. those are picard star trek picard we got the premiere of that yep we had star trek lower decks the premiere of that series yes indeed star trek discovery season three yep that's correct and i'm trying to think of the fourth i'm guessing short treks yeah so the way that our star trek year started out january 9th 
we got the Star Trek Short Treks episode, Children of Mars, premiered. That was uh, that was in January of 2020. So our Star Trek year started with a Short Trek episode. Yeah, I do remember that, which is strange because that was also our first glimpse towards Picard. Mm-hmm. Because it kind of was setting things up that what we were going to see in Star Trek Picard. But yeah, you're right. We had uh, the last of that second round of short treks appeared in January. So yeah, that was our first new Star Trek on screen for the year, which is funny how it's not on the Blu-ray set of short treks. Right. Now, I can't remember. Is it on Is it on the Picard Blu-ray set? I believe it is. I think it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, it's just interesting they didn't keep it with short tracks. Yeah. But yeah, January was, you know, a good start to the year. We also got the third issue of Star Trek Picard Countdown from IDW. That was oh, a good yeah, thing. I remember that. <laughs> Oddly enough, after after the start of the show. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. OK, so I'm, my memories are coming back at the beginning of 2020. It was all about building up to Picard. You know, it was, I just remember that whole buildup, like, Ooh, we got this little glimpse from children of Mars. We're getting the countdown comics. We've got this novel coming out. The series is about to premiere. Okay. 2020 starting off pretty good, Dan. I think it looks bright for the rest of the year. (laughs) Oh, little did we know. Little did we know, but 2020 (laughs) was pretty bright. Like I said, for Star Trek. So you know, it did continue on February. We saw, you know, more episodes of Star Trek Picard after uh, it finally premiered on January 23rd. So uh, I, I still remember sitting down to watch that first episode and that first shot seeing the Enterprise D. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. And seeing data, it, it was like, wow. It's like we're we're back on TNG briefly at the beginning of that episode. And then we get to the vineyards and everything. I mean, it's just, we're not going to go deep into Picard right now, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was interesting because the feel and tone of Picard really is different from any other Star Trek series. So it did take a little getting used to. Definitely the most different Star Trek series we've gotten, I think, but uh, one that I'm happy is part of the Star Trek canon now. I really enjoy its place in Star Trek history. Same here. Absolutely. Also, in February, we got the premiere of The Ready Room with Will Wheaton. And I have enjoyed that show. Um, I don't get to watch it necessarily before we record a review of Discovery. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But it's a nice companion to Discovery or Lower Decks or whatever series is on or Picard when you watch an episode and then Will gets to interview somebody from the cast or someone behind the scenes. Yeah, I, I watched a lot more of The Ready Room during Star Trek Picard, I haven't really been watching it during Discovery. It's a little harder to see here in Canada. There are ways to easily see it legally. I just, you know, I uh, have to go a little bit out of my way and go to the Star Trek website. I know that's not a huge deal, but for whatever reason, I just, I haven't gotten into it as much with Discovery. But I remembered watching a lot of them during the run of Picard. So for you, you can access it on Star Trek.com. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's right. Okay. I usually watch on YouTube, but I guess it's blocked for you. Right. I mean, I could load up a VPN and tell the internet that I'm in the United States, but it's blocked if I don't do that. Oh, 
how dare they i i don't like that but <laughs> yeah at least it's on star trek.com that's good so you can see it there and you know i was telling dan before the show i do get a little annoyed i don't like it when will starts off the show saying hey nerds i, I don't <laughs> like to be called a nerd that just doesn't work for me but yeah i i think we're i think he's trying to retake the name i think i don't mind it so much but i can definitely see why somebody might be annoyed with it <laughs> yeah you could call me a star trek nerd that i can live with but just nerd in general i just want to say don't 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 call me a nerd well but <laughs> and but maybe maybe i'm sensitive to it because maybe i really am a nerd so okay anyway we'll get i'll, I'll get through it i'll get through it but also in february we got the novel from una mccormick that is connected to star trek picard and that that is the last best hope. And we got to interview her about that novel on when we were still on literary tracks. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And, and a hardcover Star Trek novel release, which is, you know, one of the firsts for quite a while. I was really happy to read that book and to get to talk to Una McCormick. And we've got a, a second Star Trek Picard novel coming out almost a year later in uh, January by James Swallow. So kind of a little bit of synchronicity there is kind of interesting. Yeah. And we'll probably reach out to James and see if he'll come on and talk about uh, that on our book show. But yeah, then we've got March and we continued with Picard for a while. We had another novel from Christopher L. Bennett, a TOS novel called the higher frontier. That was a good one. We also had a book from Dayton Ward of Kirk Fu manual. We had that, which <laughs> I'm still practicing my Kirk Fu moves right now. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a good time in quarantine to, to practice your Kirk Fu. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I don't necessarily want to go and hit every month. We might be here for a while, but we did have the unselling stars by Alan Dean Foster, which was our first adult novel that ties into the Kelvin universe mm -hmm, or the Kelvin timeline. Really cool. Yeah. And written almost uh, a decade earlier and just now finally released. Yes, exactly. Which we were like, I've been waiting for 10 years for that book. And then finally, finally, we got it. So before I go any further, I do want to point out, we will also this year celebrate the 25th anniversary of Voyager. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big celebration. And of course, a uh, release of a Voyager celebration book by Ben Robinson uh, of hero collector in in kind of lieu of the fact that we couldn't have these big conventions to celebrate voyager's 25th anniversary which is really unfortunate yeah but i have enjoyed the online things i mean I, you know it's like these mini virtual conventions that are going on and i'm seeing more of this than i would if i've gone to conventions that's true too i mean it's the first that I ever really got to see a San Diego Comic-Con panel, really, <laughs> because, you know, I've never been to San Diego Comic-Con and I'm not likely to go anytime soon. So this is the closest I've ever come to actually attending. Yeah, same here. I've never been. But yeah, I guess I can say I virtually have attended one of them now. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if it'll be up and going in 2021. It's going to be in that summer time frame of like we kind of getting over this hump. We're going to see how that plays out uh, next year. But uh, yeah, we also had a novel by Dayton Ward, Agents of Influence that came out. Die Standing, a discovery novel by John Jackson Miller also came out in July this past summer. And of course, we cannot forget we got Lower Decks, which Honestly, I every time I think of Lower Decks now, I think how I'm I said, 
oh, I know it's not going to be my favorite Star Trek series. It's going to be on the bottom <laughs> of the list. Not to say that I won't like it, but it's not live action Star Trek. You know, it's kind of a parody and stuff. But I'm really starting to, the more I watched it and the more I think back on it, the more I'm just like, no, I'll put it up there with any other Star Trek, any of them. Yeah, I'm right there with you. There's so many great moments from the uh, the course of that first season. I really, really enjoyed it. I think the second half of the season is where I really fell in love with it. And you've got an interesting news item, which we'll talk about the best and worst moments of Star Trek on television. And Lower Decks made that list. I, I won't spoil yet if that's the best or the worst side, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's on the best side. And I actually really agree that episode that 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 moment comes from is my favorite episode of the series so far. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get to that in a moment. But uh, I've been very happy with Lower Decks. I'm really looking forward to the next season, which they are in production with right now. So really good. Ooh, so um, exciting. I know. <laughs> I know. I can't wait. We're getting so much Star Trek stuff. I'm really excited. That would, you know, that That's like you said, there's good and bad to 2020, but this was definitely a good Star Trek year for all the new Star Trek stuff that we got, which we just talked about earlier. But Yeah, we did and I, I do have to say shout out to international viewers as well. We're not forgetting you. We know you didn't get to see Lower Decks at that same time, but you will soon, most of you, uh, later in January. So, yeah, just wanted to put that in there because invariably someone will comment in the comments that uh, that they didn't get to see it and totally understand and definitely feel your pain. But soon, soon. <laughs> if you're going to make a list of things that sucked in 2020 in Star Trek, that would be one of them. Not getting yeah. lower decks internationally. That really Absolutely. sucks. Well, but we also got the comic series from Deep Space Nine, Too Long a Sacrifice, which we recently reviewed. That was a good series. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. Really always happy to see new Deep Space Nine stuff. Yeah. And then we got David Mack with his Kelvin Timeline novel, More Beautiful Than Death. So that was our second novel in that timeline, which is great. Again, waiting 10 years for that to happen. <laughs> so, And we also had Star Trek Hell's Mirror from idw about con that was a good uh issue too yeah that was a fun one and then dan we cannot forget our star trek voyager novel to lose the earth by kirsten Beyer. absolutely which we have been waiting for a couple years for that one too <laughs> yeah that one was definitely a long time coming so happy to finally see that published and kind of wrap up the voyager relaunch story under kirsten Beyer. She's, of course, been so busy at being one of the writers on Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard. And so, yeah, she's definitely understandably taken a while to get that novel written, but we finally got it uh, in 2020. Yes. And for those who haven't read that novel, just so you know, if you're into the novel continuity Trekverse, something, you know, she kind of sets things up in there to kind of resolve how this continuity fits into the current continuity with Picard and Lower Decks and that timeline. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that works out as new books come out, which hopefully we'll see in 2021. And of course, we also saw the season three premiere of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, so that's been the, the big thing lately, of course. Uh, October saw the beginning of the third season of discovery, kind of a, a reboot for the show, almost definitely a changed uh, premise for the show and really enjoying it so far as we're kind of nearing the end of the season now. 
Absolutely. I'm loving Discovery. Each season, to me, gets better. So I'm really anxious to see how that concludes in season three. We also got the novel A Contest of Principles by Greg Cox, and he joined us on the show to discuss that. Very timely novel, given the, the U.S. election happening at the time that it was published as well. Kind of inadvertently good timing or bad timing, depending on your point of view, I guess, for Greg Cox in that novel. I know. How strange. That was really strange. Very, very weird. <laughs> But yeah, a lot of good things in Star Trek. I don't know if we're missing anything. Of course, there's sad things, too. There have been multiple deaths of people associated with Star Trek. We're not going to go through the whole list. I don't even I don't want to bring things down. I don't know if there's anybody you want to point out, Dan. But, uh, you know, we, we've called out some people as as things happened throughout yeah. the year. It, it's it's one of those things where Star Trek is getting to an age, I think, where we're we're seeing a lot of people from the early days and and kind of the older generation of folks involved with Star Trek uh, passing away and even some of the younger folks unfortunately as well so you know tragedies and and the like do happen it it's it's definitely sad to lose some of these names that are that are associated with Star Trek but uh, yeah we i i i have an idea by the way for an episode and i'm I'm going to talk to you about it after, after we're done. It's it's an episode that I kind of want to do after discovery is done its season. So very early in 2021. Uh, and part of that episode might involve a kind of in memoriam section, but anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. I am writing down to make sure I do not forget to ask you after the show, what you want to do. Cause I'm really <laughs> curious and I bet everybody listening wants to know too. So ooh, hopefully we'll know something soon on that. So yeah, that was 2020. Uh, real quick, Star Trek Voyager 7's Reckoning, that IDW comic premiered uh, last month. Uh, we're going to review that when all the issues come out uh, sometime here in the next month or two. So that is Absolutely. Coming. I've heard good things about that because uh, I, I guess the Trek Untold podcast, we had Matthew Kaplowitz on a couple of weeks ago, and he did an episode where he interviewed the writer of that comic series and it was before any of it had come out so or or maybe only the first issue had come out so there's some tantalizing little previews for what's to come in that series i'm really excited to read that i haven't even read the first issue yet i haven't either i'm kind of saving it for when mm -hmm. the others come out but but see you know when we talk about it then i'm like no maybe i want to go ahead and read it now because <laughs> now that i'm <laughs> thinking about it i'm I want to go into it. I don't know. There's so much reading. We do so much reading on the show. It's it's crazy. I'm reading two Star Trek novels at the same time right now. And in addition to that, I'm reading two Star Wars novels at the same time. I usually don't have that happening, but for just for some reason, I've got four novels going on at the same time. Oh, wow. <laughs> I haven't done that for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I typically don't, but it just kind of worked out that way. But I'll get through it, people. I'll get through it. I just know I will. So <laughs> careful if you've got four going on at the same time, that can get a little confusing. I'm not looking forward to the, the book club podcast where we're talking about how Captain Giorgio ended up on Batu to trade a lightsaber with wait, no, that's the other book. Hold on. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's the yeah, it gets a little bit much. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little more about 2020 because we have an article here from io9's website Gizmodo, 
they did a best and worst TV moments of 2020. And so they have a list of several TV episodes that are in the sci-fi fantasy realm that they list as best and worst. And so it's not just Star Trek. There's other things in there from other shows like The Expanse and The Mandalorian, Doctor Who, and so on and so forth. You know, The Outsider, Rick and Morty is even there. Anyway, there's a bunch of stuff. Anything that came out in 2020 in that genre. So let's look at the best list because there were two Star Trek episodes that came out this year that fell into their best list. And at the top of the list, and I don't think these are in any order from ranking the best to the least best or whatever, but the first one they have listed is from Star Trek <gasps> Lower Decks. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have an episode of Lower Decks on the best list, which Dan was talking about earlier that he's very excited about. Yeah, from my favorite episode of Lower Decks, Crisis Point, the penultimate episode of the first season of Lower Decks. And and this is a great moment. It's Mariner versus Hollow Mariner. And that kind of scene where we delve into the psychology of Mariner, I guess, and they're fighting each other uh, on the crashed USS Cerritos. All of this, of course, taking place on the holodeck. But I love that episode. It's just such a great episode of Lower Decks. And uh, I love that this made the list. I know. And especially that they start off the list with this. Out of all the different series on there, they're starting it with Lower Decks. I really love this episode, too. I haven't watched Lower Decks recently. I've been really itching to start going back and watching some episodes again. Have you watched any recently? Uh, I've watched a few just kind of like Zoom calls with friends who haven't watched the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, I'll watch that episode with you kind of thing. And uh, yeah, so I've I've rewatched the series fairly recently with one friend and it holds up. I really love that show. <laughs> well, the next one on the list, Star Trek Picard. They got one on the best list, and it's the episode of Seven of Nine in Stardust City Rag. And they love the fact that she went after Bejazel and got her revenge on her. Yeah, that's definitely a, a great moment for the character of Seven of Nine, especially within that episode. I don't know that it's I, I wouldn't even pick it as my favorite moment in Star Trek Picard, I don't think. But it is definitely a really good moment. And I can see why someone would include it on this list for sure. I mean, I could, too. But I like that episode just in general for other reasons. I just thought it was a very interesting episode, a very different episode in Picard. I, yeah, I think there's a lot of mixed reactions in the fan community about this episode and how Seven of Nine handles herself in this. But, you know, we're seeing a Seven of Nine that is dealing with a, a different situation than she's been in when she was on Voyager. And she's in the Alpha Quadrant and she's dealing with a lot of what is going on with the Borg and how people with Borg implants like her are being treated and what happened to Echeb and and what Bejazel is doing and selling Borg parts. And I mean, she's kind of on her own and she's part of the, what was it? Some kind of Rangers or something. The Fenris Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just, and then just seeing Picard act like this French guy who's looking to sell and buy and all these <laughs> things with the patch and they're all playing these different roles. It was, I liked the episode. I mean, I don't know. I would say it's my favorite of the Picard episodes, but it would probably be in my top, three or four probably yeah it's definitely up there for sure yeah I, I really enjoyed that and seven of nine herself i think was one of the high points of the star trek picard series as well 
I really enjoyed seeing Jerry Ryan reprise that role again, and she really does kill it as Seven of Nine. Yes. So we have another episode, but not in the best list. Those are the two that made the best. We have one that fell into the worst list. I mean, it's <sighs> sad to think that there's yeah. a Star Trek episode that would fall into the worst list, but I understand the reasons that maybe this person or the people who put this list together didn't quite like this one. And it's the last episode of Star Trek Picard. And I think that for the most part, it sounds like they like the episode. They just don't like how Picard comes back that, you know, he sacrifices himself and it's almost like maybe this series should have just ended there with Picard's sacrifice, but it's like a cheap trick to bring him back into an Android body. Yeah, I mean, I can also see how somebody might not really enjoy this whole storyline. It's, it's, I still don't completely know how I feel about it. It does feel like a little bit of a cheat to get, you know, Patrick Stewart back on screen, as well as have like the pathos of him sacrificing himself and that sort of thing. So, you know, I don't know. But there's there's definitely a debate also about the actual mechanism of, of how this was done. And uh, I'm going to put in a little plug here for episode eight of our series, uh, Positively Trek, where we talk about um, the whole situation with Picard and the android body. Uh, sorry, episode seven, I should say, of Positively Trek. But is he still Picard? So very early on, we had kind of a philosophical question about that so i if nothing else we got a great episode of positively trek out of it <laughs> and it also reminds me of our recent episode of spock must die when we're talking about oh, yes you know, yeah are you still are you are or do you kill yourself each time you're you're beamed are you dead and re recreated and that whole philosophy about the transporter so yeah it's those uh conversations i really enjoy uh, getting into but yeah, those are your best and worst. So, hey, you know what? I would say, first of all, they recognize Star Trek in this list. And I'm glad that two made best and only one made worst. And it's only made worse because of how an episode ended. So that's not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I'll take it. <laughs> yes. So talking about new Star Trek, we have John Delancey out there talking about Star Trek. And uh, there's little rumblings now in fandom and on these Star Trek news sites that we could see Q coming back. Because John Delancey has been involved in something called Cameo.com. It's a place where celebrities can post videos, personalized videos for people who, I guess, purchase it. I've never done it. I'm not really that familiar with it, Dan. I mean, if I, if I knew about this, I would be buying you personalized videos from John Delancey all the time. <laughs> but, well, he put a, <laughs> but he put together a video for Christmas from a father to a son. And he starts off saying Q here, a.k.a. John Delancey, and he begins talking about Star Trek The Next Generation and da 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 and how great Star Trek is and blah, 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 and Christmas. And then he says, a voice behind my shoulder said, you have no idea what you've gotten yourself into. It was Gene Ronberry. And I ask, what are you talking about? And he goes, oh, you'll find out. And here it is, 34 years later, and I'm finding out. Oh, and by the way, here's a little stocking stuffer. You are going to be seeing more of me. Cheers, Merry Christmas, and let's just cross our fingers that 2021 is going to be better. It just has to be better than 2020. 
So, of course, the focus of this message, he gave, that, that was not really my imitation of John Delancey, but whatever. <laughs> but the focus of what he's saying is you're going to be seeing more of me. We're going to be seeing more of him. What did he mean by that, Dan? What do you think John Delancey is getting at here? Did he give us a clue that he's going to appear on live star, like on a live action Star Trek series? It's possible. That would be cool. I, I feel like he'd be a good fit for Star Trek Picard, right? I mean, the last time we saw Q and Picard together was all good things. And he says, and if you're very lucky, I may drop in to say hello from time to time. And I, that was kind of my John Delancey impression, but not really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was good. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, but yeah, I would love to see him interact with Picard again, personally. Uh, it could also mean just that he's going to pop up on Lower Decks again, even though he does say you're going to see me. Uh, that might be us kind of putting emphasis on just the way he phrased it or something. So he might just be again in Lower Decks in animated form, but maybe I, I'd love to see him in Picard. I would love to see him in Picard, too, if it makes sense. Don't just shoehorn him in there just to have him in there. But... I would think that if he's going to show up in Picard, that is going to be very well protected. Mm -hmm. And he would not even give such a hint. I mean, maybe. But I really think this has to do with Lower Decks because I think he probably feels comfortable enough saying that we may be seeing more of him, meaning seeing Q in Lower Decks. And because he'd already appeared on Lower Decks, I think we already know or there's speculation that we'll we are going to see him again in Lower Decks. That would be cool. I hope so. I, I, I hope that we do see him again. That would be neat. I'm looking at this message again, and I'm wondering, like, it could be really innocuous. So he says, oh, and by the way, here's a little stocking stuffer. You are going to be seeing more of me. So maybe the dad just paid for more messages that will be <laughs> delivered later to this particular kid. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you may be right. That could be it. He could have paid for John Delancey to do a New Year's message, too, that he's going to yep, give him that, later. That's probably it. <laughs> oh, how sad would that be? I mean, great for that kid. That's awesome. But. I hope that's it. I mean, I would love to see Q back. But, you know, I think it would be kind of funny that we're all like, oh, speculating, speculating. And all he's doing is talking about doing another message to this guy's son. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I'm sure we're going to see Q again somewhere, somehow, someday. I, I, I don't doubt it. Where? I don't know. But, yeah, we're, we're going to see him again. I, I don't know. We'll, yeah, we'll I think find so, out. too. I think it's going to be lower decks. That's my prediction. That's uh, That, to me, seems most likely for sure. If it's going to be Picard, I would say it would be at the very last episode as a teaser, almost like how we got in Lower Decks. It was in the last season episode of that. But the last, the series finale, not the series, the season finale of Picard, maybe at the end of season two. But I don't think he's going to really show up on Picard unless it's in season three or later. I don't expect to see him in season two unless it's a tease at the end. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Well, with the fact that Guinan's going to be in season two of Picard, I don't know. I'd like to see those two on screen together again. So, right? I don't know. That would yeah. be cool. I would be so there for it if it happened. Yes. Well, we got one more story that we want to touch on uh, before we close out this episode and close out 2020. And it's a bit of a sad note in a sense, but also a very happy note at the end too. And it's about James Doohan, who played Scotty. So, Dan, you were telling me earlier 
that his ashes were smuggled into space. Yeah. So this is, you know, kind of a, a, an older story, but it's one that didn't really come to light for the general public until the last few days. And it's interesting because Chris Dewan, James Dewan's son, posted on Twitter a few days ago saying that he had a Star Trek secret a story that he uh, had kept secret for 12 years. And of course, then the speculation starts running rampant. What could it be? You know, what was 12 years ago? Okay, so 2008, ramping up for the Star Trek 2009 film, maybe something to do with that. But it turns out that, yeah, James Doohan's ashes were smuggled aboard the International Space Station 12 years ago in 2008 by uh, entrepreneur Richard Garriott. Uh, a kind of uh, a space tourist of the time, basically, who went aboard the ISS. And he smuggled aboard a small uh, collection of James Doohan's ashes aboard the space station. And apparently, I don't know, did the statute of limitations for the crime of, of sneaking stuff aboard the space station, did that run out? I'm not sure why they had to wait until now to reveal it. But apparently uh, now's the time that, yeah, they're, they've they've released this story that this was done. So when I first saw this story, I thought it was old because I thought his ashes were taken to space, but they were brought back, right? Initially. Right. He was initially sent up on a rocket in 2007, uh, launched from New Mexico. Uh, But apparently after they returned to Earth, the ashes were lost, I believe, is what I'm seeing in a lot of these stories. Um, but, uh, this was a, a little bit more of a permanent residency in space or a longer term residency. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how this went down. Like did Chris doing <laughs> right go up to, to Gary and go, Hey, Hey, I know you're about to go up, but, uh, Hey, you know, here, I got something for you. And just slowly like hands him this little vial or something. It's like, these are my dad ashes. Take them up there and just, just, you know, dump them out into space somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what it sounds like is that this guy was approached by the family uh, to take this up. And apparently it was hidden uh, beneath the cladding of um, one of the modules in the, in the international space station. So like beneath, beneath the floorboards, basically. Wow. That's so interesting. So, wow. Yeah. I guess it was really important for the family to get his ashes up there and, and just stay up there. So I guess that really meant a lot to James doing to not just get his ashes in space, but, keep them up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's interesting. That's great. So Dan, would you want your ashes in space? How do you, what, 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 tell us what you want us to do with your body. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's, it's actually not something I've given a lot of thought to. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be beyond caring at, at the, at that point probably. Right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it feels like there's a lot of expense and stuff with trying to get it to space. You know, I'm like, you know, reserve that weight for other stuff that is important, I guess. I know I know a little tiny thing of ashes isn't going to take up a lot of room, but I'm like, you know, no, I, I, I'm not that important. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's like, well, I'm gone. I don't even know what's happening. And if it's even not all my ashes, just a part of me, it's like, what? It's just like my hand floating out in space as ashes. <laughs> like, or maybe it's another part of me that I really don't want to be taken out there. <laughs> I don't know. I like, 
I mean, if anything, maybe I just want my whole body out there floating around, you know, and then like one day, you know, some alien race discovers humanity because they found my frozen body. And that makes me something really important to first contact. <laughs> I could be, could be. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to see that memorial, what, what the statue to that event would look like. I, I don't. Don't need to see that, but that's cool. <laughs> this alien race finds it. They're like, well, what do you think their race is called? And they're like, I think their species is called the Positively Trek. <laughs> <laughs> You're wearing one of our t-shirts, I'm assuming. <laughs> yes. Okay, no, we don't have t-shirts, at least not yet. If anybody starts going, wait, how do I get one of these t-shirts? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, if you guys want t-shirts, let us know. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind a t-shirt. I, or maybe a tie. I don't wear ties anymore. Okay, just real side note. When I first started working, like, you know, professionally in the 90s, I used to always have to wear a tie to work, even to the point that sometimes after work, I'd stop at the grocery store and people would ask me where things were in the grocery store because I was wearing a tie. They thought <laughs> I was the manager. I'd always have to take my tie off before I went in the grocery store. But I hardly ever wear ties. I probably wear a tie. I don't know. I could probably count on one hand how many times I wear a tie in a year. And my parents got me a tie for Christmas. They're like, do you have a tie like that? And I'm like, no, but I'm thinking, when would I ever wear it? <laughs> so. I can tell exactly how many times I wore a tie this year. And that was once on my wedding on July 25th. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like when I wear a tie. It's like to something like an event like that. Mm -hmm. But for my job now, I mean, it doesn't happen very often anymore. So. I'm not complaining. I don't like wearing ties. They they choke me too much. So, but I if you know I'm fine with wearing a tie with my body floating out into space. You know. I wonder, so. like, does somewhere like Cafe Press do custom ties? Could we put out a positively Trek tie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It would be unique, wouldn't it? But who's going to so. wear a tie? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should come out with positively Trek flip flops. I don't think oh, there anybody. We go. Yeah, no other podcast does that. Yeah. So none that I'm aware of. Come on, Trek Geeks. I challenge you. Come out with Trek Geeks flip-flops. Trek Geeks flip-flops that one says Trek and the other one says Geeks. There you go. Yeah. Or absolutely. one says Bill and the other one says Dan. I'm just saying this in case they're listening. Bill, I'm looking at you right now. I'm really <laughs> testing to see if you're listening right now. If you are, you got to tweet me or message me. So Anyway, but that ends 2020, Dan. We're done. We got through the year and the show is still going on. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is what, 77th episode? That's crazy. Yes. Uh, yeah. So 77 episodes in 2020 uh, and we started in March. So we've, we've really put in our time on this, I think. So even if we'd started on the 1st of January and done one a week, we would have only been up to 52. So you can tell we're putting in our work on this. <laughs> I know. How crazy are we? I mean, in just a few months, we'll reach episode 100 and we've oh. only been on for less than a year right now. We better, <laughs> we, we need to think of something to do for episode 100. That's going to be a fun one. Yes. Uh, maybe we'll just uh, make t-shirts on that episode. <laughs> our top 100 episodes of star trek <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll do something like that and you know what for that event i will wear a tie oh okay well i might have to dig out a tie as well <laughs> <laughs> well dan where can people find you online if you're wearing a tie or not 
Well, whether or not I'm dressed formally, I, I only sit down to compose tweets in a completely formal top. To, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Kurtrats. That's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S. You can also find me on YouTube.com slash Kurtrats Productions, making videos about Star Trek mostly, but other stuff as well. And, uh, of course, just search for Kurtrats basically anywhere. Kurtrats47 on Instagram. You'll probably find me. And you can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. And you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram at Admiral Rex. You can find me on Goodreads. I'm on there too. And uh, you can find us, the show, on Twitter at Positively Trek. We're also on Instagram. Join our Facebook discussion group. Look for us on Facebook and ask to join the group and be involved in the conversations. And you can send us an email, PositivelyTrek at gmail.com. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Here's to 2020. See ya. Goodbye year. And now here's to 2021. And let's make it a positive one. And always stay positive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.